Today's episode is brought to you by Captain Morgan, the official captain of Against All Odds. We're raising our glasses of Captain Morgan and Ginger to all you captains out there. Whether you're a tugboat captain, captain of your intramural dodgeball team, or just live to have fun, you're all captains in our book. And no matter how you choose to live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders. We're also brought to you by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. Every day, they're running a zero management fee fantasy basketball contest. That means Yahoo's making nothing on this contest and equals better odds for you to win. One in five people who play will at least double their entry fee. Tired of playing against people with 150 entries? Well, there's a limit of 10 entries per person, so don't miss these contests. Go to yahoo.com slash daily fantasy to play and use promo code yahoo25 when you make your first deposit for $25 in free play. All right, welcome to Against All Odds, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. We did it. We made it to March Badness, and we filled this house. It is full. Here we go. Jim Cunningham. Let me introduce everyone. Heel producer Jim Cunningham is working the board. Jim, I don't even know if you have a microphone. There's so many people here, right? Yeah, I got a mic. I got a mic. Oh, there you go. All right. He's going to be here to make fun of Tate and Titus. Yes, that Tate and that Titus from One Shining Podcast. They've only done like... 16, 17 podcasts this week and live bracket <laughs> specials. What's happening? Mark Titus, Tate Frazier. Thanks for coming on, fellas. I'm very excited. Uh, as is tradition, I have done a million podcasts, and I've, I've <laughs> given different picks on every single one, so I will be right. <laughs> I, I cast a wide net, and then when uh, the tournament happens, Mark. I point back at the one podcast I was right on, and I say, I called that. And, Excellent. Yeah. You, you saved your Gardner web for us. Yeah, I exactly. Guess, right? <laughs> yeah. You guys are really you're the you're the Ryan Seacrest of uh, this network right now. Really just, <laughs> just taking every gig available. I think that's. Did, a, did you learn your Harry Potter yet? <laughs> that's that's the nicest compliment you could ever have given Harry. He's very upset that you wasted <laughs> it on us. I apologize. <laughs> we'll get to Harry in a minute because he's on the line with the rest of my gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my wizards of wagering, the degenerate trifecta. Harry, brother Bry, and Darren, the parlay kid. What's happening, fellas? What's going on, Sal? What's up? What's going on, buddy? Well, we have a lot to take care of here. I, you know, I'd, I'd like to get right to it, you know, because it's nice. Tate and Titus, they do the brackets, and that's nice. That'll help you win your bracket or lose it or whatever. But we want to make real money off this tournament, and we're going to do so in a minute. But I have a lot of housekeeping uh, to tend to. First of all, uh, lock it in. The sports gambling show I'm on on FS1 will be in Vegas Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at the MGM Sportsbook. Come say hi. Uh, as part of that uh, showing, Harry, our very own Harry, is going to attempt to break a Guinness record. Harry, why don't you uh, explain to everybody what's up? Sure. Uh, I am going to attempt to – the record, by the way, is 74. So i got to get to 75. That's number of casinos where I make a table game wager, and I have it 24 hours to do so. And that might sound not so difficult. Well, you know, with Uber and everything like that. No, no Uber, no bike. I can eat, I have to walk or I have to take the bus. <laughs> All right, you have 24 so hours. I, I, so, I'm, so I'm basically for six – God bless Ken today. Ken has been helping me map out this, that, and the other. Bus schedules all <laughs> over the place, catching two buses here, three buses there. We've changed routes. We've flipped things around. We've been at it for like seven hours, eight hours, and we're still at it. But hopefully, I mean, I'm exhausted from just figuring out bus schedules. But 
Hopefully we can somehow put this together and get this done. Harry's high. Now you've been in touch with the guy or guys who broke this record, right? Or or, or set yeah, the record initially? Yeah, the, uh, there's, there was two guys. They first got they first did it in 2015, and they reached 69. Both guys actually are like a University of Marquette professors. Mm. Go figure. And uh, <laughs> and then they redid it uh, two years ago, and they pumped it up to 74. So I got to get to 75. Okay. okay. All right. Now, listen, I'm going to ask, uh, email us at CousinSalAgainstAllOdds at gmail.com. CousinSalAgainstAllOdds at gmail.com. If you have any tips for Harry. Now, Harry lived in Vegas for 12 years um, before he was unceremoniously um, booted from uh, the whole state of Nevada, I think. <laughs> and now he's back to set this record. Yeah. This would be a real FU to everybody. Uh, Tate Titus, <laughs> do you, is there any chance he wins this? He needs three casinos per hour, I think, right? Over that. Harry, have you been working out in the pool? Because that's pretty much, it all comes down to where you're at I know, right now. man. I should have. You know what? It's just been the Atkins shakes only. Oh, I don't, shakes only. I don't think shakes are going to help. <laughs> Harry plans to sleep, though. He sent us like a little bit of a schedule. Yeah. He plans to sleep for four or five hours, which I, yeah. you, when you go to Vegas, you don't want to sleep anyway. So that's he's out. Break By the way, that's out. Record and still sleep? Oh, okay. Yeah, King right, Cup. Right. That. That's out. Um, a lot of stuff Yeah, that's out. stupid, Harry. I've, I heard a lot of dumb <laughs> I things. I heard today there was a plan to fly to Reno to hit 20 <laughs> casinos and then fly right back. You thought that was going to be? I've, I've heard I heard that you wanted it uh, earlier in the week. You wanted to cash in your chips. You don't have time to cash in your winnings. You're going to have to go back at some point, right? Just to, I was hoping I could take a camel. This. I guess that's, that, that's been ruled out, too. So, a camel? Yeah. Oh, boy, you're yeah. already delirious. All right. Well, what we're hoping here is that, you know, like when people try to quit smoking, sometimes you hear cases of them like chain smoking, like two packs in like 20 minutes. And then like, oh, that just killed me. I, I'll never do it again. This is how we're going to try to rid Harry of his gambling addiction. This could be Harry's last podcast, by the way, on Against All Odds. <laughs> Just nonstop betting on in casinos, crappy, crappy casinos, a lot of them, uh, 74 and 24 hours. Well, good luck to you, Harry. 75. 75. All right. That's good. We're not thinking ties here. Uh, another yeah. thing we're doing is um, if you go to foxsports.com and fill out a bracket, and you, if you complete the best bracket, you'll get $10,000. If you complete a perfect bracket, you get my house, which is worth um, dozens of thousands of dollars. I'm not sure how many. I haven't checked Zillow in a while. But yes, uh, my wife and I, we discussed it. Uh, she smacked me around a little, and we're doing this again. Titus, is there any chance anyone wins my house? I think it's 13 quintillion to one or something to do a pro perfect bracket. I don't think so, uh, but I would like your house, Sal. You, you graciously invited me over uh, one time, and I saw the house. Yeah. It is a nice house. I will I will vouch mm -hmm. for it. So uh, if anyone out there is on the fence, if they're wondering, is would it be worth it? Should I even give this a shot? Is the prize even worth it? I would say, yeah, it's a nice house. I, I, would, right. I would love well, to win it. Yeah. And then, like I said, foxsports.com. Yeah, you could throw the Halloween parties. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that would be fun. You do that. One more thing I want to do. Our friend Jamie uh, runs this eliminator pool. I think... Uh, Tate, Tate, some, Tate, you had to back out last year because you picked two Friday games. <laughs> yeah, I picked, three fr I picked two Friday games on third. that were supposed to be Thursday games, and it was uh, an embarrassing moment for me. Uh, Jamie, this year, has graciously invited me again to uh, to have some redemption and redeem myself. So, yes. So, here's how it works. You, you, it's a, it's a limit, an eliminator pool. Uh, it's $50 a man. You pick two Thursday games and two Friday games. Mm. Teams need to just win, all right? If they win, you advance. Um, if they lose, if one of them loses, you could buy back in. If you lose Thursday, you have to pick four on Friday. If you lose Friday, you have to pick four on Saturday. So eventually the odds are against you. 
Uh, who got the furthest in this out, out of us uh, four, Parlay Kid? Was it you or Harry? Someone got far. Uh, you know, I think it was uh, – was it me actually last year? Maybe <laughs> no, it was me it was last you year. last year, not, me, me the year before. Yeah, I'm, I'm usually – I think I made it to the final maybe uh, eight people last year. I think uh, – Right. Was it Brad? Did Brad win last year? So is that crazy? Brad made it, say? I think, to the final four. The <laughs> thing is, you keep losing, and you could you could get back in if everybody else loses and runs out of teams. But the, yeah. uh, I, I should say, you can't pick the same team twice. So if you go right. to Thursday, Brian, what's the what's the scheme? What's the best way to do it? Try to take like a five seed or something, and then the five six seed in the Thursday Friday games. Uh, I don't probably if you can get away with yeah I mean probably like if you can get an eight or a nine that would be great if there's one that sure. you really like or or a seven ten matchup uh, I probably usually take one of them I I don't know what the way to do it is I've gotten killed on this the last uh, two or three years <laughs> yeah it is tough I mean yeah if you get an eight nine Tate what do you have any advice I mean eight nine is basically a pick 'em um you know you maybe want to throw a three in there that you're not going to take in the second round. It's tough. It's a tough pool, but it's my favorite of all until uh, until everyone starts losing. It's one of those things where if you have a team like LSU, where Titus and I have talked about this a lot, they don't have a coach right now, so maybe they win that first game, but you don't have much faith in them going to you know past the second round. So you maybe take them in that first round game, like you're talking about a random three seed like that. So that's a uh, that's an option. All right, so that's how we do it. That's our eliminator pool. Yeah, it's usually we do fifty dollars a man, two Thursday picks, two Friday picks, and then one pick every day that there's a game the rest of the way. Now. I want to move forward with this because there's a lot to cover. But I was just thinking about this on the ride home today. So I love football. And if I was going to say I was an expert at any sports, I would say none. But football is what I watch every game of. And I could pretty much, you know, with a few wrinkles here and there, guarantee that, you know, Patriots going to make the conference championship and the Rams and the Saints are going to make the conference championship. I'm not going to look foolish if I make those predictions at the beginning of the year. You, Titus, Tate. You guys are college basketball experts, and it must be so frustrating, I was thinking. You pick a team. You, you go through the bracket. And by the way, thank you. for I watched uh, for an hour and 15 minutes. You picked three ones and a two six. <laughs> 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 your You're bracket. welcome. That's expert but analysis. Anyway, but here's what happens. It's, it's all sane logic all the way through. And then what happens? Virginia loses in the first round. All right, we've never seen that before. And like a Loyola Chicago gets to the final four. Like how, mm -hmm. how crazy, how frustrating it is, is it that your favorite sport is so wacky or do you like it that way? I like it this way. The only problem is when people think that we think we're experts and we know what's going to happen, which we don't. So like we, we try to make it clear that we have no idea what the hell is going to happen in these games. And that's the whole point. If you knew what was going to happen, it wouldn't be March Madness. It wouldn't be fun. Um, so we, we understand that and we love the wackiness. Uh, it's just, yeah, it definitely gets frustrating when people pop in in March and they're like, you guys know everything. Who's going to win these games? And yeah. then when we're wrong, they're like, you dumbasses. Isn't this what you do for a living? How could you get that wrong? <laughs> right. Tate, do you agree? Because it does, it does feel like, you know, there's so many football experts out there, but you guys have such a, a unique niche here. Um, you know, they do look to you and you, they'll be angrier with you. We're heroes. You We're heroes. We're the only ones brave enough to, to cover this sport, this, this madness sport. Everyone we'll else is too month. scared of it. Yes. Yeah. We're not afraid of this month. Uh, I will say this. They're also yeah. college kids. So at the end of the day, I mean, you can wake up and have not slept great last night. And that actually affects the way you play because you're at that age where there's little things like that could that could change a whole day. Like you're just not feeling well or I, I don't really want to play basketball today. Those this things is a, happen with college kids instead of you know, the professional ranks because it comes down to that's your career, I guess. But college basketball, it's day-to-day. -day, it's fickle. 
things change, and that's why the variations are very. Fun it is. For us. Tate does bring up a great point. This definitely does happen, and uh, it, I, I think this is something that most people watching this don't really take this into account. That um, sometimes it is just as simple as the best player got dumped the night before, yes, and that's why he played horribly. Hmm. This stuff like matters so much more in college basketball than I think people realize. And that adds to it beyond all the other factors uh, that make this a wild event. There's stuff like that that goes on that we never really know. Last about. year, Cal guy was planning an engagement while he's playing against the 16 seed. You yeah, can't do exactly. both. You know, yeah. he's handling too many, you know, yeah. there's just too much going on. So some of these right. guys, some of these guys have to go to class. You know, it's like, come on, what are we doing? No. Yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> well, I'll say this. I, I wish I could say that when they got to the pro level, they became less fickle. But, you know, uh, <laughs> Milwaukee loses to Phoenix twice and Golden State loses to Phoenix and all these other weird combinations of wins and losses, which is why I've stayed away from NBA gambling for the last three weeks. But let's no, no one wants to hear me cry about this. Let's go to the regional odds. We're going to hit the degenerate trifecta is going to give us the best value for a given region. Um, Parlay Kid, which region are you tackling? And by the way, Tate, Titus, Feel free to jump in uh, whenever. So I would take this is the best value, right? I'm taking the Midwest. I, I kind of, Brian and Harry kind of stole uh, the regions I was looking at. So I, I'm going with the Midwest, Sal, and I'm, uh, I'm looking at Kansas, Sal, as the four seed, as good value. Right now, Sal, they would, I think as of yesterday, they were 10 to 1. They're now 12 to 1 coming out of that region. Uh, and there's a little quirk here, I think, Sal, which makes Kansas a little bit more appealing as we can maybe go through this region. Obviously, they're starting with uh, Northeastern, uh, not a terrible team. Uh, then probably have to get through an Auburn team, which might be a little overhyped right now. But in terms of value, if they can win those two, Sal, and I know they're going to have to travel, going to have to play a one seed at that point, but they are playing so close to home, it's almost going to become the next two games are like home games for them. So that's why I like the value for Kansas. And this, I know they're young. They got a great coach. They performed okay in their tourney. All right. So, uh, again, we're looking for value. 12 to 1, Kansas out of the Midwest. I know that's not a sexy pick right now. But, look, they're always involved somehow in this tournament, right? All right. I don't think that's bad. You know, by the way, I have New Mexico State beating Auburn. I think Auburn's like 7-7. Seven and seven, uh, You know, against, 7 uh, and 7 uh, against tourney teams. teams. That's right. Yeah, yep. right. And then they live and buy, die by the three, which Titus and Tate talked about. Uh, one of you, sure. Titus, Tate, one of you is on record saying Kansas is better than Duke. I can't remember. Maybe you guys can sort it out. <laughs> this was, uh, what, November 11th, I believe I said <laughs> yeah, that. After the Champions play, things the Champions have, Classic. Yeah, yeah, things have changed since then. Uh, the comment that Tate and I made about Kansas is we're not sure which team is going to show up. And a lot of times when you say that yep. about a team, you mean that, um, you're not the teams take certain identities and you're not sure which identity is going to show up with Kansas. We literally have no idea which players are going to show up because so many things have gone wrong with like r injuries with, with suspensions, with guys just leaving the team um, to the point that like, I, I generally don't even know what, what Kansas's roster looks like anymore. Uh, but, but the logic is sound. Um, I think Kansas, you know, it's a four, four or 13 game. They should probably win that. And then I don't really trust Auburn because, like we said, they live and die by the three. Auburn's just as likely to win by 30 as they are to lose by 30. So uh, it all makes sense. The whole Midwest, I think, is kind of open after uh, after Carolina and Kentucky because there aren't a lot of teams other than the top two in the Midwest that really jump out to me as, as yeah. national title yeah. contenders. So um, that makes sense. Tate, you guys took, uh, maybe reluctantly, Tyus went along. You have North Carolina 
going to the final four, right, in your bracket? Yeah, North Carolina going to the final four. I uh, I mean, it's going to be a tough draw, like probably kids said, having to go against Kansas. Roy Williams has had some problems in the past emotionally playing against Kansas and had the same problems, you know, when he used to play North Carolina when he was at Kansas. So maybe he gets over that this year. That's what I'm hoping for. He can beat Kansas in that Sweet 16 game in Kansas City, have a little clarity, have a little moment for himself and move on. Then take it, you know, then they take on Kentucky, a team they already lost to this season. So hopefully they can get a chance to get over the hump there and then make it to the Final Four and go to Minneapolis and we'll see what happens. I also like Seton Hall. I think they're like 45 to 1 is what I saw. And they're just a hot team. And if you believe in a Marquette, mm-hmm. you believe in a Villanova being hot, why not believe in Seton Hall? Yeah. Because they beat those teams at the end of the year. And it, they're, they're, they're just, Kevin Willard's a good coach, and I think that they've been there before. And Seton Hall's got yeah. some history. I, so, hey, yeah. I actually think they're 80 to 1 to come out of that region. Mm-hmm. Wow. The last I saw. Yeah. 80 to 1. They can get by Wofford, which will be a fun 80. game anyway. Mm-hmm. That That's uh that's the way to do it, right? Yeah. Um, but Carolina, yeah, you said it's a plus 175 to make it. Now, you guys had, you, you touched on it a little bit. There is the Titus curse, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, you guys have watched eight or nine games together this year. They yeah. won one. Yeah. Carolina. No, this is UCLA. This is going back like two years. Every every game. I, I've only watched one game with Tate in the last two years, I think. Uh, one North Carolina game that, that Carolina won. And it was against UCLA this year. And UCLA was an absolute disaster all season. Uh, and we were in Vegas watching the game. And UCLA was up at halftime even. So yeah, they covered the first half. Yeah, they covered the first half. That's enough. Carolina had to come from behind. So even on the one instance that the curse was not in effect, it was still kind of in effect. Like Carolina was not did not play well at all. They still won the game only because UCLA was so bad. Even your witch powers cannot lead yeah. UCLA to a win over North Carolina. <laughs> I will say though, Tate doesn't believe in the curse, and I don't know if that's good or bad because like Tate is still willing to watch Carolina games with me. We watched the Duke uh, in <laughs> ACC tournament game. He really genuinely thought that Carolina was going to win, and I was like, that it's not going to happen. We're watching it together, and. What happens if Carolina <laughs> plays Ohio State? Are you definitely watching together? That's oh, yeah, we'll yeah, definitely yeah. watch. We'll watch that together. Yeah, we'll definitely. If Carolina loses to Ohio State, they deserve to lose. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be great. Well, that's basically the only thing I'm rooting for. Now. Yeah. All right, let's switch regions. Harry, what? Put the bus schedules down for a second. What's your uh, value pick in the region? In the West region, I am going with the Syracuse Orange at thirty-five oh, to one. Yeah, I know. But listen, I got some facts to consider Syracuse over the last 10 years. They've been a great tourney team when no one thought they could do anything. They've got two Final Fours since 2013. They beat two number one seeds in 2013, beating Indiana in 2013. And Sal, you remember, on, unfortunately, when they beat Virginia in 16. And plus, with mm-hmm. Gonzaga being the number one seed here in the West, the Orange have beat Gonzaga in the tourney twice since 2010. It's good to see Tyus battle back. And it was also nice to see Frank Howard step it up when Battle was out in the in the uh, ACC tournament while he had uh, 28 versus Duke. So Syracuse at 35 to one. Everyone's down on them all the time when they get to the tournament. And look what happens. Jimmy B always comes out of that first uh, that first uh, region or bracket part for the first two games all the time lately. Syracuse 35. What do, you, what do you guys think? Will Syracuse come out of that first bracket part, as Harry put it? Uh. I don't think it's a bad pick at all. Uh, Syracuse, the, the the analogy I use with Syracuse with the 2-3 zone is it's like a knuckleball, um, it, and it's awesome when it's moving, obviously. So you get that thing jumping around. It's unhittable, and, and you throw it at, at, at teams in the NCAA tournament. They don't know what to do. They've never seen this before. They're confused. But then every so often, the knuckler doesn't knuckle, and, and teams just smash the hell out of it. Titus, you're right, but you know what? Jimmy B also, in conference tournament, in, in this tournament, last eight times, Jimmy B's six and two versus the Big Twelve. Mm. 
and shut them down. They averaged about 60 points. So a is game. the question? So is the question? Are they going to be Baylor? Is the question? Are they going to come out of the West to go to the Final Four? Because I think they're going to be Baylor. Best value. Yeah, I know. He's yeah. just he's talking about. I was just trying to. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I One know, game at a time. I, I think everybody loves. It. I think you kind of said it, Ty. It's like this. This Syracuse team. Everybody who doesn't really know basketball is like, oh, they play zone. Let me take that. And for that reason, I don't think there is any value in Syracuse. Everybody's all over them all the time. Now, they don't have a great spot uh, where they are. So if you want them against, if you think they'll beat Gonzaga, yeah, you're, you're good. But they'll be a double-digit underdog, I think, against Gonzaga. Uh, another team, uh, one, one team that I had my eye on uh, in the West as a value thing that's a very low seed uh, that has my attention is Florida. Um, Florida mm. ha- does not have a good record this year, but the advanced metrics think they should be. Like Ken Palm loves Florida for what their record is. Uh, they, they've been right. they've been unlucky according to Kim Palm. Like they play good basketball, but then lose. Um, but part of the reason I'm interested is because I don't like Nevada as a seven seed. So I think I think Florida has a good shot to beat Nevada. And then after that, they got Michigan. We'll say Michigan and Texas Tech to get to the Elite Eight. We'll say just forecasting what's probable. And both those teams mm. are very defensive minded. So is Florida. Um, so the idea of Florida playing Michigan, I could you know you see just a defensive battle that comes down to just who makes the last couple shots or. or and, and you could have two games like that against Michigan and Texas Tech. Um, there's always like a double-digit seed that kind of emerges, and Florida makes a lot of sense to me. They beat LSU twice, the SEC championship. Uh, the, the SEC champion, LSU Tigers, they beat them twice this year, took them to overtime the third time. Um, they're, they're a very good team, but their record is like, what, like 19 and 14, so you don't think they're that good? And I understand at the end right. of the day you have to win the games, but um, – I don't know. They play good basketball. They just don't always win. So that that had my attention. Florida, had a, right? As a all right but ultimately, Tate, don't you got you have Florida State six to one to uh, make it to the final yeah, four, right? I was gonna say, yeah, Florida State. I'm gonna stick in the region. Uh, you know, sit down in Florida. You know, we got Florida, Florida okay. State. Got the Seminoles. I mean, Cabe and Golly, Cabe and Golly. However you want to say it, any kind of Golly, Golly. He's a great player. And uh, <laughs> let me just tell you, Florida State is a team that's hot right now. I mean, I think it's pretty disrespectful that they're a four seed. We thought that they would be on that three line, especially mm-hmm. seeing a team like Houston. But it's hard to argue when a team's 31 to three not to put them as a three seed. But Florida State has the athleticism. Uh, if they match up with Gonzaga, we can we we've seen them be able to beat them before. So uh, I think it's what six to one I see for Florida State. So that's a pretty good bet, and uh, I could see them making a real run. But again, we got Leonard Hamilton, so you never know what could happen with this team. Uh, he he struggles sometimes down the stretch. He's got that Andy Reid thing with the time. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you love but you love that guard coming off the bench, right, for Florida State. Yeah, 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 yeah. Six man of the year ACC. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay, Brother Bry, take us uh, what – I forgot which one you took. You took uh, the well, South? Well, I, I was doing the West, too. I was doing it with <laughs> Buffalo. I think, I think Harry was supposed to do the South. Yeah, Harry but, screwed you know, up. That, Harry that screwed makes sense up. that he screwed up. Yeah. Well, all right. Harry, you're going to have to skip uh, the next one, I think. But all right, go ahead, Bry. You do the West also. Yeah, so I, when I was looking at the odds, I do agree with uh, Tate. I do like Florida State at 6-1. to one, But I was also looking at Buffalo at 16-1. to one. Look, mm-hmm. I think it's really hard when you're looking at finding a non-one or two to do anything in this tournament. As Florida State might be one of them. But when I look at for value, I'm looking at a region that I think I think has the most variables in it because I do think they have the best three in the in this region. I think they have the best four. So I do think Buffalo, though, at 16 to one, uh, yeah. I think you're getting, you'd probably get a little bit better odds if you bet each game individually. And it'd probably be the same for any of ours. I know it down with Kansas because they're going to be like, plus two something if they play North Carolina. So you're probably better off betting it individually. But getting back to Buffalo, like every few years we see like a senior-laden non-power conference team that makes a run deep into the tournament. You had Loyola last year. 
Wichita State a few years ago. They have the experience from last year beating up Arizona in round one. They're a great scoring team. They have one of the best guards in the country. They have one of the best coaches. So I, I think I, Texas Tech is going to be tough, but I think they have all the makings of a team that could make the Sweet 16, and then who who knows after that. So that's why I think in terms of value, I do I do like the something weird happening in the bottom of that bracket, similar to what Titus was saying with Florida. I kind of like Florida, too. I have a sense that at some point in time, one of these twos are going to get knocked off. So I think that's where there's some value in the bottom half of that uh, West bracket. Yeah, and then you, one of the one shining guys made a good point. Um, if Arizona State wins that game, and then it's Arizona State Buffalo, if they win the play in the Arizona State Buffalo, not only do you have the Hurley stuff, you have the fact that Arizona, the rivals, DeAndre Eight, and those guys eliminated by Buffalo, they're going to want to hang that over their heads, right, Titus? Weren't you saying? Yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. I think it, to I think hold if, on to bragging rights. Yeah, if, if Buffalo beats Arizona State, I think they're declared Pac-12 champions. I think that's how that works. So, <laughs> right, they get to hang a banner. I think that's uh, two wins is all you need. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> yeah, that's good. All right, yeah, Harry, you did screw up. You were supposed to take. Uh, yeah, I did screw up, but uh, but I do have another seven seed for later on. So I'm. Okay. You just wanted to pick Syracuse. That's what it was. Schedule. Let's keep. Uh, let's just keep. Let's hit the other ones. Duke is minus one eighty-five to win the East. I like that a lot. I know there's no value in that, but for God's sakes, what, what you know? I think they'll be Michigan State. I'm trying to think of that game. I think they'll be like a seven or eight point favorite over Michigan State, and that's the worst case scenario for Duke. Uh, Tate, who do you like in that region? You guys, you guys pick Duke, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we pretty much are riding with Zion at this point as, as we kind of broke it down. I do like Virginia Tech. If there's one team to upset yeah. Duke, I like that Sweet 16 game, a team that's very familiar with Duke, a team that gets Justin Robinson back, who's kind of will match up well. Trey Jones won't be able to press like he did against Alexander with a guy like Justin Robinson. So I could see Virginia Tech maybe pulling an upset there. That's that's the real pit stop I I'm see with, with Duke. I'm with Tate. I think Virginia Tech is the best non-Duke team in the East. Uh, as far as, like, Michigan State was the better team, was better than Virginia Tech all year, but as far as, like, looking at the bracket, the team that I trust, uh, I, I I would trust Virginia Tech. So, But it's basically, it's it's Duke. I will I will say, though, about Duke, I made this point on, on one of the 35 podcasts we've done in the last <laughs> three days. Uh, Duke is actually not that good of a basketball team. They really are just like so overwhelmingly talented, and that's how they win. They they don't shoot threes that well. Their defense isn't as good as it should be. Um, they don't really their offense isn't very fluid. But at the end of the day, they have Zion Williamson, and no one else does, and that ultimately proves to be the difference. So uh, I don't necessarily think it is a foregone conclusion that Duke's going to roll through this tournament, but. Um, hmm. I've also been saying that like every single time Duke plays a decent team and Zion's on the floor and pretty right. much every single time they win. So <laughs> you have, you have Kansas. I was saying, uh, I think I tweeted it that Zion's greatest ability is to turn people into Duke fans. Like it's really, yeah, yeah. it's weird. It's like, you don't want to be a Duke fan. It's like uh, the eclipse is out mm. and you, you know, you're not supposed to stare at the sun during an eclipse, but you gotta, you gotta do it. You have to see it. Right. It's just, it's the weirdest thing that's going on. <laughs> Yeah, people are going blind by Zion. Yeah, he's blinding everyone. It's like Bo Jackson. No one gave a crap. If you were a Rams fan, you didn't care that he played for the Raiders. You rooted for him. You want to see him break a bat over his knee as a Royal. It didn't matter. It's just it's a phenomenon. He's going to be the second heaviest player in the NBA. Is that is that a truth? That like if he if he played today, there's no way that number's right. There's no way he weighs 285. The combine will be it. really interesting to see yeah. if they put the real measurables out because a lot of this is coming from it carried over from high school and AAU. Right. And Duke just took that number and kept it going. And so, here's my thing, Sal. If they lie about his weight, what else are they lying about? Mm-hmm. You know, it really makes oh, you think. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you're, you're saying they're lying. Yeah. 
<laughs> that could be. You might be onto something. Uh, all right, Virginia, in the the uh, region we didn't cover, the South. You guys love Virginia, plus one thirty. Tice, you're you're living and dying with Virginia. I am. Right? I'm I'm going down with the ship. Uh, I Virginia. So the question becomes: You don't follow college basketball year. You see Virginia at the one seat again. You say, uh, "I'm done with this team. They lost to a 16 last year. It, it's over. Why should I? Why should I ever believe in them again?" Uh, you're free to do what you want. I don't, I'm not going to talk you into it. I will say, this team that they have this year, it's the best offense they've ever had. It's the most versatile offense they've ever had. That's kind of been where they have problems: is uh, they can they can stop people. But then every so often when a team figures out how to crack their defense, they can't then score on the other end to keep up with that team. Um, this team is different. They can shoot a ton of threes. They have DeAndre Hunter, who, by the way, did not play in the, the 16 seed game last year, the first round right. game. Um, not that that, you know, they still shouldn't have lost by 20 to a 16 seed, but uh, he was not playing it. But uh, the point is, like, their offense is very versatile. This is that, That's always been my problem with Virginia when they go into the tournament is they have, they have a really good plan A. They don't always have a good plan B. This team does have a plan B and a plan C at least. Not to say, you know, it's March Madness, anything can happen, but um, right. I, 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 okay, but I do let's think say it gets it. to plan D and Gardner Webb pulls up. Would there be anything funnier in sports than Gardner Webb beats this team? Like maybe, like I was saying, like maybe if uh, Conor McGregor in a big fight uh, comes out and tears his ACL in the, in the pre fight, uh, you know, the jumping around the ring, that, that would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> My God, Gardner Webb. What would be funnier, Parley Kid? Anything? No, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, is Gardner <laughs> Webb? Is that a Virginia school too? No, North Carolina, Bowling yeah. Springs. Come on. Oh right, yeah. It's like oh, okay, jeez. This is where believe. Tate would have gone to school if his parents didn't pay for him to yeah, cheat on the test. Yeah, exactly. I got Gardner Webb. Thank you, thank you, Aunt Sal, Reba. Gardner Webb. Eddie Lee Wilkins played for the Knicks out of Gardner Webb in like the late seventies, early eighties. Right. Eddie Lee Wilkins. That's right. Somebody out there is going right. to remember that. Here's the no one. Doubt. The one scenario that would be funnier to me is LSU wins the national title and they become the first team to win a national title and get it vacated in the same day. That right would away. be yeah, right away. Is their coaches like being handcuffed by FBI agents? Yeah, that would be All fun. Right, that for, would be pretty okay, cool. I'll root for that. I'll root for Ohio State, North Carolina to uh, match up somewhere down the road. And uh, okay, good. We have enough. All right, let's do this now. The which seven seed or higher has the best chance at winning a region? Yeah. We kind of covered a little of this. Just through our uh, our uh, just our conversation just now, but I'll say this: the last six years, a seven seed or higher has made it to the Final Four. I don't know how it is. Maybe it's uh, Sister Jean and her prayers and everything. But Harry, redeem yourself. I think you reverse these. But who's the seven seed that is appealing to you? At twenty-eight and six, I'm going with the Cincinnati Bearcats. I think they were. Maybe the guys agree they were a little shafted getting that seventh seed after rolling Houston in the conference championship. Uh, and you know what? Geography-wise, head coach Mike Crone's team got really hooked up here. They get to play in Columbus, Ohio. So if they get past the first two games, Iowa, which I think they definitely can win, and then a monster game against Tennessee, then they get to play in Louisville, which is actually closer to Cincinnati than Columbus is. So there, Sal, how's that for a geography lesson for you and if Bill's listening? But also, this good. team's also really damn good. You know, Jaron Cumberland get 19 points a game. He led the team in 22 of 34 games in scoring this year. The leader on that team. So at 28-6, Cincinnati, look out. All right. Well, here's the thing with that. Yeah. I like Cincinnati. They'd have to be Tennessee, and then they'd have to be Purdue. I know you guys hate Purdue. I think I have them go in the Final Four. You guys, not Carson Edwards fans. Uh, second team All-American, led the Big Ten in scoring. The problem— you, you think he, 
You think he's too uh, too up and down? Yeah, yeah. If this was if if the tournament was a best of seven thing, I would like Purdue a lot more. But there is going to be a game where Carson Edwards goes three for twenty six and Purdue loses. Like that. That's hold on. This the tournament's not a best of. Is, I, I gotta yeah. my bracket. <laughs> <laughs> this is terrible. That is right. yeah. That's the concern <laughs> is that Carson Edwards is going to uh, shoot Purdue out of a game, and um, I just don't know when it's going to happen. So you might still be right. They might go to the final four, and then he has his three for twenty six game. So I guess that could still happen. But uh, all right, Purdue. Who's going to go Brother down in front that way? Brother Brian, your seven-plus seed uh, that could surprise people. Who is it? Yeah, so that, that six straight years is nuts. Uh, there's also another weird one that's out there. So a two-seed has been eliminated before the Sweet 16 in five straight years. I mean, I guess it's similar on that, and eight of nine. So it's weird to think that you know Michigan State, Michigan, uh, Tennessee, or Kentucky are going to be out before a Sweet 16, but it's more than likely that's going to happen. So... In uh, in lieu of that, I'm going to pick uh, Louisville at uh, coming out uh, of the East because at this point in time, um, based on this, I'd say they had a really tough schedule this year. It was ridiculously tough. But if you look at their matchups, I don't think Minnesota is a tough matchup for them. In the second round, facing Michigan State, who they already beat this year, right? So it's possible they might have to face three Big Ten schools to get to the Elite Eight. So. They might have Minnesota, they might have Michigan State, they might have Maryland here. And they've proven they've already can play with Duke here. So I think, I mean, I do like them a little bit. If you look at their coach, he's had a really good history in the tournament, obviously. But one thing I probably would ask uh, Titus and Tate is, how much do you look at a team coming into the tournament being hot? Because I know Louisville is like 4-8 and eight in their last 12. Mm. Does that matter? I mean, is that a big thing? Because I'm... I, that would be my one thing I'd be a little bit skeptical yeah, of, but I, I don't know if it really matters. I don't put a ton of weight in that, except maybe in this Louisville case, because the the skid was brought on by the uh, the twenty three point collapse collapse against Duke. Um, it really it really does feel like Duke just completely destroyed their spirits. And and w- when Duke came back, there there was like nine minutes left. They're down twenty three, and they blew it at home. Um, then the next game they played Clemson. They basically handed Clemson the game, but Clemson didn't want it. So Louisville won by one. Uh, and then I think the only team they've beat since then is Notre Dame, who's, who's just not a good basketball team. So um, it really does Didn't feel... did blow a double-digit lead to Virginia, too? Was that the, yeah. in the same run? Yeah. yeah they got yeah. up 11. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, 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 it, it really feels like Duke just completely destroyed them. And, and th- I, that is my concern with Louisville. But they are good. Like I, I, otherwise, I think it's a good matchup. They've already beat Michigan State. Uh, you know, So that makes sense uh, for all those other reasons. But yeah. Yeah. The thing I like about Louisville is that they're the bottom half of that bracket. So if you think Michigan State, who lost Aronson injury, and they're sort of running on fumes, we talked about that a bunch in these podcasts where maybe Michigan State's already done. They had their two, you know, they had the tournament run and now they're a little worn out. So maybe Louisville catches them on, a, on the good side, gets through Minnesota, gets through Michigan State. And then once they get to the Sweet 16, LSU is not that scary of a proposition just with the, you know, Will Wade not being on the sideline. Maryland basically doesn't have a coach because Mark Turgeon's their coach. So in that bottom half of the bracket, Louisville is a good pick, I think, because there's so many problems you can point out on the other teams. All right, I do. I like Louisville. I like Syracuse as seven-plus seeds that could have a run. The team I like the best yeah. is the team Parlay Kid is going to talk about right next. Who do you like? Yeah, so can I before I get to that, speaking of Louisville, here's a quick question I'd, I'd like to also ask Titus uh, Tate. Well, when they when they make these uh, games, uh, do they look for like uh, make headlines like Patino's son coaches Minnesota, <laughs> like in Louisville's playing? 
Is that like is that coincidence or? It's definitely marketing. What, what's yeah. the deal with that? Is that uh, is looking for headlines? They there? say they don't. It's a yeah. wink, wink. It's a yeah. wink, wink deal. It's like you know Marcus Howard okay. versus John Morant. You know that's just a yeah. perfect five twelve game that just works out. And right, it makes sense. Right, Why wouldn't they? You. Right? Why wouldn't they? I mean, yeah. it, you know. no, that's what I say. Why not? I mean, I'd be open about it. Yeah, it's it's it makes well, it a little is, bit more not open about anything. They don't have yeah. to rank them one through sixty four. We know that because Michigan State's in the same region as 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 Duke, and we know they're not the worst. Uh, two seed, right? And we know Duke's the best one seed. That's the only thing we kind of yeah. know from That's the uh, tournament. So, yeah, they, they can yep. mix things around uh, uh, as they wish, I think. But who and, do you like? Uh, and so, so I'll, I'll take my step the, uh, with the seven uh, or over seed here. Uh, I like Nevada, Sal. Um, I, know, I don't think Titus and Tate are really high on them. I, I like Nevada. Uh, I, I like Nevada. I, 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 okay, so maybe it was just Titus. Uh, Mm-hmm. But I think they kind of checked the boxes that Brian was just talking about with, with Buffalo, right? He said senior-laden team. You know, uh, they were 29-4 and four this year. They had an excellent run last year in the tournament. Uh, they got brothers on the team. I kind of like that brother, the, that that twin factor right there. I kind of find that intriguing. The Martin twins. Uh, yeah. Who doesn't love guys obviously will play. You know, I think they're going to want to go out here on a high note. Uh, what And... Uh, what are the what are their odds even right now, Sal? I think to to win this region, there's something like twenty two to one themselves. Uh, let me see uh, where, they are, where we are here. Um, yeah, twenty two to one. Yep, that's right. Yeah, it's like twenty two to one. You got two guys who average over seventeen points a game on this team. Uh, you have Simeon Rice's son there. Uh, I'm like his name is escaping me right now. Come up with it in a second. Uh, Jordan Caroline, right? He was what a big time player he was last year. I, why? Why not this team? Like everything, I could they have been sleepwalking the last month of the season, kind of waiting for this moment? Yes, the last four I think months. That's possible. Maybe that. Maybe that, they were a little <laughs> bit bored this year, but still a little bit bored, and you, you ended up twenty nine and four. I don't care what conference you're, you're in. That's a great record. You're playing Florida, who I know what the metrics say. Uh, they they kind of play a little bit of a, a slower, ver- much slower game uh, than Nevada. So I, obviously. Nevada's going to have to play their game in this first round. And then, to be quite honest with you, I'm not a huge fan of Michigan at this two seed. So I think they can make a little bit of a run here, Sal. Why not? As a, as, they Marlon could be Tate. that seven seed. Okay. Yeah, why not? For that first oh, game, muscle moves to the SEC I was talking about. They could maybe beat up on Florida. Hey, they have five transfers. And what you talked about, these flaky kids, these 18 year olds that get broken up with, yeah. if athleticism is the same, everything's the same. Wouldn't you rather have yep. the 23-year-old player mm-hmm. than the 19-year-old yeah, player? Yeah, they're the three... oldest team in the tournament. Yeah, five transfers. They made it three years in a yep. row. What what don't you like, Titus? I know, and they broke glass. Uh, I did think like when they had that thing with Utah State and they broke the, yeah. you know, the fire extinguisher and the glass was broken. I'm like, oh, this is going to turn them around. They're not they're not losing for another uh, three they weeks lost. here. But they, they did blow it in the tournament, in their tournament. They lost to a 14 and 18 Mountain West team by 27. That is that is worrisome. Um, they they just like I think their best win on the season was Arizona State, who's yeah. not not good. Uh, I mean Arizona State made the field; they're in the playing it, whatever. Um, I will say like they come from behind every game. Even last year, the tournament run that they had, they yeah. they had they went to overtime in the first game against Texas. Then they were down twenty two, I want to say, with eleven minutes left 22. against Cincinnati. Yep. Uh, and they had to come back a miraculous comeback or collapse, depending on your perspective in that game. Um. It, it just Nevada. I like the idea of Nevada more than I like Nevada. Uh, it makes a ton of sense when I would look at that. I was really excited about them coming into the season, and I've just been waiting for them to give me a reason to care. 
Uh, but but I will say, like I was as I was talking about Florida earlier, that Florida is a good team that just seems to get unlucky and lose games. Um, Nevada's kind of the opposite. Like I don't think I don't really love that they're that good, but they have won 29 games. So now that I'm thinking about it, I know how that game's going to shake out. Florida's going to outplay them the entire game, and then Nevada's going to win. Now that, oh, there you yeah, go. it makes right, it makes Tate, sense. Look, so. We turned them around. Yeah, there you go. Oh, nice. Now, now, go. now I see what's going Yeah, <laughs> on the must bus. <laughs> All right, listen, that's enough of that. It brings us to our sponsored segment, Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. Each week, the degenerate trifecta and I set sail, tackling fake propositions related to sports and pop culture events. Now, this Zion Williamson, he's all anyone wants to talk about. Here's what I'm proposing, or Captain Morgan. Which number will be higher? Zion Williamson total blocks in the NCAA tournament versus the number of casualties on Game of Thrones season <laughs> premiere episode, which I think is in like two or three weeks. Uh, I know everyone except Harry watches Thrones. So let's start with you, Harry. This, uh, this will be a baseless opinion. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, basically, you have... you're, you're correct. You're Thrones now. minus three gonna... and a half, by the way. All right, I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Zion for two reasons. One, because he is an unbelievable specimen, and number two, simply because, like you said, I've never seen one episode of Game of Thrones. The only person in America that hasn't. So since I've seen Williamson, I'm gonna go with him. That's okay. Thank I'll take you the three for sharing us analysis, uh, brother Bry. You're a big fan of both, I think, right? At least Game of Thrones. Yeah, huge fan of both. Uh, I'm going to say Zion, too. I'm going to say he probably ramps up the defense in this tournament. I think he probably will get – I think he averages about two blocks a game. He probably will get about maybe three blocks a game. So that means he's going to get at least – let's say he gets at least 12 blocks for the tournament, uh, probably more. Uh, usually the first episode of Game of Thrones, it's it kind of just sets up the season. There won't be a lot of, like, massive casualties. You're not going to see any battle scenes. Plus, I heard that the first episode's like only four minutes long, so um, <laughs> I think Zion should uh, Zion should cover this one. All right, Farley kid, do you agree? Well, Is it f- even well if it's four no, I'm, long? I'm going the other way, Sal. Uh, with this, you know, uh, Zion averages 1.8 blocks per game. Let's say he makes a, a run in this attorney, uh, he then ends up about 12 blocks for the for the tournament or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Do you know how many, how what the average amount of deaths on a Game of episode, uh, Game of Thrones episode is? You dug this up. I'd I don't think, to know what is it. I dug up. Listen, courtesy of Mallory Rubin, Sal. Uh, oh. No, not really. Not courtesy of Mallory Rubin. Oh. No. Um, but I did look this up. So there's about an average of about twenty deaths per episode mm. on mm-hmm. Game of Thrones. Uh, season one having the lowest death total, uh, and even then still averaged about five point nine deaths per episode but since then they've ramped it up episode one they have to come out strong here in this final season sal uh you're telling me there's not going to be like 16 deaths on on that uh first episode i think not i think there will be actually so let's take the game of thrones number of deaths over we're given the three and a half over zion williamson block all right i'm with you parley and harry how have you not watched this show yet harry yeah does harry not have hbo Ken bans it from the house. <laughs> oh, jeez. Brian got some insider trading, though. So Brian works for HBO, so he might know something. Oh, interesting. Well, I do think I think yeah. the same thing. I have the same uh, breakdown. They have to come out swinging. There's only six episodes left. I do think, you know, I'm, I'm praying if uh, anyone dies, it's going to be the blind kid. I mean, enough of that. They say he's going <laughs> to be ruling the whole uh, universe, uh, whatever uh, universe there. Enough of him. There could be a little battle for, foreshadowing with the... Uh, with the White Walkers 
coming through. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's in the twenties, and uh, Zion might actually have in the twenties in blocks also. Tate Titus, do you uh, you watch Thrones? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. So my my analysis of this, I kind of agree with with the other thoughts that first of all, the episode. I, I looked this up. This was my nugget that the episode is is going to be 54 minutes, which is shorter than usual. So that does mm-hmm. matter. I also agree with like episode one usually setting stuff up, but I think like when I was going into tackling this question, I was thinking of the main characters dying. Um, and, and, and all it takes to hit the over with the Game of Thrones characters is just one dragon coming through with some fire breath and just wipe, no, wiping out go. a whole, you know, a whole army. And now you got 300 or something, you know? So right. um, I think I'm counting on the Game of Thrones thing be- just because of that, because that's all it really takes is or the White Walkers, the, the, the Night King just touches the ground and then everyone in sight gets frozen and dies. Uh, it just takes one thing like that and, and we're way right. over. You're right. Zion can only swat one ball right. at a time where yeah. a dragon come through and take out a whole village. Right. Well, that's right. Okay. All right. Let's see this. Maybe it wasn't a great prop. All right. All right. That's another week of Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. No matter how you live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders now. This winter's a great time to check out Hotel Tonight. Whether you want to take a spontaneous ski trip or escape to a warm beach, Hotel Tonight makes it easy to book a room with one of their last-minute deals. There are tons of empty hotel rooms out there just waiting to be booked. That's how Hotel Tonight scores such incredible rates. They team up with awesome hotels to help them sell those rooms and pass the savings along to you. And these aren't last-resort-type places. Hotel Tonight works with cool, top-rated hotels you actually want to stay at. Unlike other travel companies, you don't have to scroll through endless lists of hotels. Hotel Tonight shows you the best deals at great hotels, along with short profiles that have pictures and all the info you need. Even though their name is Hotel Tonight, they're not just for last-minute bookings. You can play things by ear or use Hotel Tonight to book in advance. And when you join Hotel Tonight's HT Perks program, the more you book, the better the deals get. So to start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels, go to hoteltonight.com or download the app now. A lot of crazy props have uh, infiltrated the internet and uh, and sports books around the country, and uh, we love them. I love these more than the games themselves. The degenerate trifecta is going to pick their favorite. Um, I see a theme as I, I wrote some of these down. Let's take a look, Harry. What is your favorite NCAA tournament prop? Well, there's one out there. Who will win more games? Virginia at minus one sixty versus Tate's Tar Heels at plus one thirty. Tate, I love you, man. But, buddy, I'm taking the Cavs over the heels. Oh, minus 160 Harry. to win wow. more games. Yeah. Look, they better not, the, the, the Tar Heels better not sleep on Utah State, you know, in that in that second game because Clark Kellogg was touting them like crazy during the selection show. I mean, if not there, UNC could run into a buzzsaw that is Auburn, who's red hot right now. And also in that region, I feel like Iowa State got slighted and have a chip on their shoulder. By getting uh, only a six seed, I think they're going to lose to Iowa State. Uh, meanwhile, Virginia, I think in their region, they have a bunch of average teams that were just good enough to make the tourney, like Mississippi, Oklahoma, Wisconsin, Kansas State, you know. And their defense will clamp down and shut teams down. So I know you're on Purdue, but this uh, they tanked in the Big Ten tournament. Besides, it's time to put up or shut up for Virginia. Virginia to win more games in North Carolina. I got Virginia winning the whole thing, so. That's that. I don't. Wow. I don't hate Dang, it. Harry. He just fired. He just fire smashed your whole village of uh, Game of wow. Throners there with one fell <laughs> swoop. Yeah, exactly. I'm a poor peasant that just got murdered by Harry's flames. Uh, I will say, 
Uh, North Carolina matching up with a Big 12 team like Iowa State would not be a good draw. They've struggled with them in the past. Lost to them in the tournament a few years back, back when Marcus Page was around. I think it was like 2013, somewhere in that range. So uh, you're not wrong about that, Harry. And I like that you're sticking to your guns with Virginia. I mean, we both really appreciate Virginia basketball, so we hope they make a run. So I don't. I, it's, it's not the worst thing in the world, Harry. It's still ACC. <laughs> Yeah. Well, did he scare you, Tate, with the reminder that Clark Kellogg said Utah State's a good team? <laughs> Clark Kellogg has been saying anti-Carolina things for way too long for me to care what he says. But uh, I will uh, I will let it keep running. And uh, I think Utah Clark State Kellogg's is a great— got to be a, t- a Titus guy, though, Yeah, right? he's oh, a Buckeye. Yeah, he's exactly. a Buckeye. Yeah. Tate knows what he's doing Classic by disparaging Ohio. Clark Classic Kellogg's Ohio State. No, I love Clark Kellogg. Titus, by the way, I, I'm you heard uh, Thad Mata to UCLA. I'm hearing to UNLV. Yeah, UNLV. I was, I was in Vegas last week. Lots of guys are very excited about that. The problem is, uh, I think UNLV has offered him two point eight million a year. Uh, he's currently mm-hmm. he's currently making three million a year to not work. So, right, do the do the math there. Interesting. <laughs> that, that's yeah. hard for me if to he get has past. Any, any kind of gambling addiction, like any of us, that's bad. Yeah, you don't want to take that. Yeah, yeah. When they give Gruden uh, seven hundred million dollars to go to Vegas, everything else seems like pennies. Yeah. Uh, Brother Bry, uh, what's your favorite uh, prop? Yeah, there was a lot of good props that came out today. Uh, a lot of the ones you like to do. Uh, I think I'm going to keep this one simple, and uh, I like a number one seed to win it at minus 180. Look, when you're getting Duke, UNC, Virginia, Gonzaga, I mean, I, I wasn't thinking you'd get that at minus 180. I thought that would be a little bit more like minus 250. I just I just have a feeling we're going to get two or three of the ones. Uh, so uh, another thing you could look at, too, is the over one and a half one seeds to make the final four. Uh, because look, I do think Duke's going to make it, I think, and then either Virginia or UNC, I think one of those make it. Although I also have Gonzaga. I had I, my one bet that I, I've done so far is Gonzaga to win it. So I, I just I, I have a feeling I'm not a big Michigan State or Michigan fan uh, this year. Um, I do kind of like Kentucky. I know Titus doesn't really like Kentucky as much. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I think it's it's going to be Duke, Virginia, UNC, right or Gonzaga. I mean, like I said, I thought I, if you told me this a week ago, I think we were asking each other like a week ago what we thought these lines would be. And if you right. told me those four, I would have said I would have said minus two fifty, maybe higher. So I think there's some value because if you look at the last ten years, too, seven of the last ten winners have been one seed. So uh, it just yeah. seems to be the. I think the. Uh, I think the catchphrase of this podcast is, and I know Titus doesn't like them very much, but <laughs> I think that's the, the tagline of, of all these. <laughs> yeah, Titus, you're not allowed to hate all 64 no, no. How does this work? I, I, yeah, I, I, I like Ohio State. All the other ones suck. Well, I'm going to steal this from RJ Bell. Uh, exactly three one seeds. Uh, if you're filling out a bracket, just put three seed one seeds in the Elite Eight. 71%. Of all one seeds make the Elite Eight, I think that's over uh, the last 350 years or so. I'm not sure what, what the sample size is. But, yeah, uh, Tate, what do you think of a one seed winning it? I think it's pretty good odds. I mean, you mm. mentioned it on our bracket. We put four one seeds. Everyone thinks it's a Zion tournament. So they, that's why I think the odds, I'm so shocked. that we're the, Because if you think that Duke is going to run the table like most do, then obviously they're included in that group. So that's yeah. why it should be moved further down because it could just be Zion yeah. dominates and wins it all. Like Carmelo did, you know, it's the same thing. I, I know it's Syracuse for you. It Harry. seems obvious to say it. Uh, it seems like this applies every year where the one seeds are better than every other team or whatever. But uh, this year, it's definitely the case where there's a huge gap between the ones and twos and then the rest of the field. Um, the top eight are much, much better than the rest of the country. I'm very confident 
that a one or a two seed will win the title. Now, th- I know that's not the prop yeah. bet, but um, I, you know, you if, can it, bet that. We yeah. All right. Well, there. if you can get to that point and you're willing to say, okay, of of those eight, which is more, you know, obviously the ones are more likely. So I think this is a very very top heavy tournament. I expect um, I expect a lot of upsets with the other games, but as far as like once we get to the elite eight, I expect to see a lot of chalk. So uh, betting on a one seed makes a lot of sense. For this season. All right. Now the parlay kid has put it all together. I, I think I like his prop the best. Uh, tell everybody what it is. Yeah. Well, so I think this is kind of similar to what we're just talking about right now. Uh, and what I like is an ACC team to win at minus 115. So you're almost getting even odds for basically one of these three number one seeds to win it all, right? Between Virginia, UNC, mm-hmm. Duke uh, at minus 115. How? I feel like uh, this is a no-brainer for anybody who's looking to get some action. Uh, pretty solid bet. I've had Virginia all year long. I think I gave them out on our opening podcast uh, regarding the NCAA basketball season at 15-1. to 1. Uh, and I kind of kind of like them all year for the same reason that Titus is saying and Harry is saying. But uh, the fact is, uh, as a bonus, that you're going to get um, UNC or Duke here to win it at minus 115. No-brainer, Sal, with this. Yeah, I like it too. Who are we worried about here? Gonzaga, Kentucky, Tennessee a little. I don't think Michigan. Michigan has nice, strong starts and then just kind of fades. I know Titus doesn't uh, trust any of their shooters. (laughs) I'm going to mix up the narrative a little. Titus doesn't change any of their shooters uh, or or doesn't trust any of their shooters. Um, But you guys do like Florida State also, so that's another one. What, What do you guys think of the ACC winner? That 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 would actually be when when you we had to come up with the prop bets. That's the one I had circled ACC because you you're getting the three one seeds. You're getting Virginia Tech, Florida State, Syracuse. Yep. Uh, who else? Louisville. Mm-hmm. Are those all the teams? But yep. uh, yeah, it's basically if you're confident in the one seeds, you might as well just do the ACC because uh, yeah. And the one seed prop is minus one fifty, right? So you basically get three out of four for minus one fifteen. So. So yeah, good yeah I think that minus makes a lot one eighty for the one. Seed. Oh, minus right. one eighty. Minus one eighty. Yeah, wow. For that one yeah, seed, minus. Yeah, so you're right. So, um, kind of makes wow. sense. Anybody like anything else? Anything else jump at you, Brian? I know you. You saw a bunch of them. Yeah, no, I saw I saw a bunch of things that I like. I like Tennessee more wins over Michigan State. I know Harry wouldn't like that. Now, uh, over ninety seven and a half points for the highest game. I feel like every year there's a team that gets right. I, I did this stat last year. I can't remember what it was, but I think most years you get a game that's like ninety nine. One team scoring ninety nine, one hundred one. I think last year one or two teams went over that. So ninety seven and a half. I think is a little lower than it actually was last year. Yeah, the a hole coaches uh, pro- are still in charge. So yeah, that's a good that, that's a good number. I think over. Yeah, and then they had some other things. I don't know if I necessarily like them either way, but I was curious what uh, Tyson Tate thought. They had um, the ACC over-under win totals was 15 and a half. And I think you went, if you went over, it was um, I think it was even money. And it's pretty mm-hmm. high. But, uh, I mean, so you need two you to make two, the final four teams. to get, uh, right, exactly. let's see, one of them would get nine. Yeah, that's a, just about right. What do you think, Tate? That's a big. And a half? I mean, that's a big number. I, I just feel that like pretty high, and especially because Duke and Virginia Tech are going to meet each other and kind of cancel each other out, so you can you know possibly only go so far with those guys. I, I yeah, I don't know. I that that seems like fifteen and a half is a little too much for me. Even though I do think the well, ACC. I think was, the, the opening round too for them is the, what are they? There's seven teams from the ACC. Seven teams. Because yep. the opening seven. rounds over under is uh, five and a half, too. So. So I think but six. If you think are it's favored, going over, right? and you're going to get six right away. 
Yeah, yeah, they are. It's going to be interesting. Oh, I love all this stuff. What Here, about your yeah. buzzer beater, though, Sal? Well, that's it. I mean, that's my buzzer beater. That that's the one I go with. I go with no buzzer beaters. Everyone uh tells me I'm a I'm a killjoy here. I'm rooting against her. It's like rooting against don't pass and craps, but I'm just rooting against the team that puts up the three to to not make it. I'm rooting for the other team. I won last year. I kind of feel like I win every other year with this. It's up to minus one forty five. It used to be minus one twenty. It's like looking at uh how much school lunch has gone up over the years. But I I bet that there will be no buzzer beaters in the Thursday, Friday games. Now people get on me. They'll see a third round game. There'll be a buzzer beater and they're like, ah, you suck. But no, it's just Thursday and Friday games. No buzzer beaters. Minus 140. Titus, you hate uh, me rooting against uh, great things. <laughs> yes, I definitely do. I'm I'm very pro buzzer beaters. I, we're not going to throw that in there. I know Titus is against the buzzer beater. I thought you were going to tag that. <laughs> I thought you were going to tag it. Uh, here's, here's a prop that I, I don't know if it exists. I'm sure it does. Um, but it just came to mind as something I wanted to look into. It seems really fun to me. Uh, is there something about a first-time national champion? So a team that has never won a national championship hmm. in their program's history. Because we have Gonzaga as a one seed. We have Virginia as a one seed. We have Tennessee as a two. Um, you know, the, the three seeds, I think, across the board have never won a national title. Uh, so right. that has my attention. Uh, I, I would love to... The last time we crowned a, a new national champion in college basketball was 2006 when Florida won. It's been a long time mm. since a program got their first title. Uh, I would like to see that happen. I don't know what the odds are. I'm not saying it's a, a bet, but that's something that uh, I'm rooting for and would throw a little action on. Just to, wow. just right, to we'll get excited that, about but yeah. I, It's probably just easiest to bet those three teams you mentioned, right? Yeah, right. probably, I suppose. It's just a it's a fun thing I'm rooting for, I guess. I don't know. It could happen from a three seed. All right, I'm going to let these guys give their best bets, um, and then we'll be on our way. Parlay Kid, best bet in the Thursday-Friday game. Okay, Sal. You know, I got to do a parlay here. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I think – through our text messaging and even talking about the last few weeks, there's been some definitely anti-Big East rhetoric uh, that we've kind of spewed out, especially I think uh, you and Brian uh, haven't been fans of the Big East, think it's been rather poor. And I kind of uh, agree with that. Well, because so, we're losing honestly, money. We're losing money. <laughs> losing money. But let, let, let's see what you guys think of this here, because I'm basically going to be betting against two Big East teams. Okay, so... Uh, we're going to take first, Sal. Uh, these are two Thursday games, I believe, too. So, um, Murray State uh, over Marquette. As they, we mentioned before, Morant versus Howard. What a great matchup. And uh, I'm, I'm very intrigued by this, too, Sal. But as you've mentioned before, I think even last week, a couple weeks ago, Sal, I've watched this kid, Howard. and You know what? He does have great numbers, uh, fantastic numbers. In fact, I touted Marquette as maybe a sleeper about a month ago. But... I feel like every time I watch this kid, uh, he's struggling on the floor. Again, it's just if I look at the numbers, it's not the case. But there's something they've lost five out of six games now. Marquette, uh, Murray State. Yeah, they I know lost they that last four it. regular season, and he had a chance to win every one. I think at the end, I feel like right. Right. Yes. Yeah. Granted. Uh, and uh, but Murray State, uh, I know this. You know their strength of schedule. They they don't play great teams. But uh, this kid, John Morant, Sal, I don't think this kid is going out in the first round. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think he's too talented. I think he's going to be the darling of this tournament, at least for a round or two. Uh, so let's take Murray State as the first leg of this uh, parlay at plus 157. Uh, then at plus 177, let's take St. Mary's, Sal, over 
uh, Villanova. Uh, Villanova gets half its offense from behind the uh, the arc. St. Mary's plays excellent three-point defense. Uh, they're riding, obviously, they're coming into the tournament hot. I know Brian mentioned that before. I believe that that's always a little bit of a factor. Uh, went over Gonzaga. Uh, how can you not like that? So I think at getting this at plus 600 or a little bit above that for basically Murray State and St. Mary's to beat maybe two questionable Big East teams, teams that we haven't been high on very much throughout mm-hmm. the year. I just like right. those odds, and you know I like to play the parlays. And as you know, I mean, my parlays have been rolling in lately. So There you go. All right. Well, what do you guys like? Who, who worries you out of those two? I know Titus and Tate, you were. Uh, you think you think Morant could have uh, a huge game but come up empty for the team? Yeah, that's, that's the one thing I would worry about is that John Moran is as good as advertised. He's going to put up monster numbers. He is yep. going to be the darling of the tournament, but that doesn't necessarily mean his team is going to win. Um, Murray State isn't as good as they probably should be to have a player that good on their team. But um, yeah, I, I, but it's not a horrible. I'm not. I'm not saying that's a bad pick. It's just that that's the one thing that worries me is I. I hope that people don't get too infatuated with John Morant because there are four guys around him who are not as good as he is. You heard it here first. Titus does not like John Morant. Yeah, there it is. (laughs) And and as we know. I feel bad for Hauser, who's going to be a pro too, and no one's talking about him. And obviously he's not of the caliber of Howard and Morant, but right? Like Mm -hmm. the fact that Marquette has two pros, they should be winning all these. Right, right. Yeah, Marquette is by far the better team to me, um, but I don't know. But, you you know, if, if... I also understand that John Morant could just go absolutely nuts, and uh, I'll be eating crow in a couple days. Right. So, all right, brother. Can St. Mary's beat Villanova? Uh, yeah, St. Mary's Villanova. I would say that that's one of those games where St. Mary's. We joked about Gonzaga possibly throwing that WCC game to get them in the tournament. So, I think they're happy to be here. And uh, Villanova, they won the Big East when they got announced. They didn't stand up to clap or anything, as I guess that was a sign to say. We're the reigning national champions, and a six seed isn't good enough for us. And you know, sort of a slight to the Big East in a little bit. Uh, so maybe, maybe take Villanova early on to kind of get a you know beat the brakes off some people early on in this tournament. But I feel like they're just not the caliber that we've seen before. They're mm-hmm. going to try to play as slow as possible. They're in the right region for that with Virginia, Wisconsin, Kansas State. Everybody else is in that region. Um, but yeah, I, I like Villanova in this first game to maybe make a statement. So I like that. All right, brother Brian, what's your best bet Thursday Friday game? All right, I'm going to go with an early game on Thursday. Uh, I'm going to take Yale plus seven and a half versus LSU. Look, in normal normal case, the spread is probably too low. With Will Wade, the spread probably be more over ten, probably more ten or eleven. But I just didn't like how LSU looked in the second half against Florida. I think once Florida started making some of those threes, I they just look like a different team. They they've looked. I mean, obviously they have tons of distractions and doubt right now. Maybe without their coach there. Um, so I can definitely see, I mean, Yale's a team that shoots threes really well. I think they're score enough to stay in this game. So again, that line is probably a little fishy. That's seven and a half. I know a lot of people are starting to like, uh, Yale because of that, but look, Yale's three and on neutral courts this year. They're 16 and 12 against the spread. Again, maybe I'm severely underrating LSU right now, but I just think again, there's probably too big a distractions coming in. I mean, maybe that loss was good for them against Florida, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with Yale in this one. All right, Yale plus seven. Yeah, but a team that has so many distractions like LSU, seven and a half is a lot to cover, especially against a team like Yale. Kind of seems to do all the right things, like rebounds, boxes out. You know, smart guy basketball. 
Tate, uh, do you like Yale plus seven and a half? It does feel like we can have one of those Tory and Prince moments, like, you know, when when he was describing getting rebounds. It's like, mm-hmm. how do you get out-rebounded by Yale? And he's like, well, they went up, and uh, they just grabbed the ball, and they brought it down, and that's what we call a rebound. I could see uh, LSU doing a similar thing in a press conference after Yale does what you just said, box out, plays a real smart basketball game. And LSU, there's just too many distractions with, with the Will Wade situation, even though it's great for us. I think I want LSU to win so I can keep talking about, yeah. uh, you know, the fact that Will Wade should come back. Um, but you know, I, I do think, I, I think Yale there is a nice, well, they're like plus two ninety on the money line. So I don't know if they'll cover the points. It should be a close game, but if, if you like Yale, you can make that bet for sure. All right. All right, Harry, I have a feeling I know where you're going with this. What, what's your best bet Thursday, Friday game. <laughs> Q's. on Thursday. I'm going back to the Q's at my opened at two. Now they're two and a half taking the orange to beat Baylor and cover the two and a half. Look, like I mentioned earlier. Bayheim is six and two in his last eight in the tourney versus the Big Twelve. The last eleven postseason, Syracuse's Jim Bayheim is eleven and zero in the first game of that postseason. I mentioned Ty's battle in the seventeen points. The game is back after missing the ACC tournament. My boy Tate, Buddy Bayheim, had a great ACC tournament. He's been hot. He's eleven for his last twenty-two from the field. And I know it's going to be real quick here. My try-by theory is back. Look, both Baylor and Syracuse, both they have they have had a common opponent that's also in the tournament. That's Oregon. Syracuse lost to Oregon by 15. Baylor beat them by 10. So you know what? You go the other way. Syracuse wins. Lay the two and a half. Jesus, I don't know. I'm due. I'm due for a try-by. By the way, so I don't know the- if the try-by <laughs> is going to hit or what. I will say this: Syracuse minus two and a half. I think that I think that line is going to jet northward i really do because here's what happens that game is the last game thursday night so everyone's gonna have gotten their kick teeth in uh all day long thursday they're gonna want to double up on that game and then like i said everybody who thinks they know basketball oh syracuse i like that zone and they trap and buddy Bayheim and this and that and that line might shoot up to four or four and a half is Syracuse easy, Titus over Baylor, or are we uh, we overlooking him? Yeah, right. I I think we're overlooking Baylor a little bit. Um, but yep. yeah, it, it's like a it, it, you flip a coin with Syracuse. That's how I feel about Syracuse. Every every game they play uh, with that zone. Um, yeah, it, it's it's just a matter of what games you watch them play because some nights they do look unbelievable and that length in the zone is looking great. And especially when Tyus Battles playing and and they got like an offensive weapon with him that you can give him the ball and he can go get some points. Um, but then other nights you watch them and you're like, this isn't even an NIT team, much less an NCAA tournament team. So uh, right. just kind of depends on on how much the zone's going to fluster Baylor. Yeah. All right. Listen, let's do it. Let's have some of these favorites come through. Let's have a nice tournament. Have the ones and twos survive the first weekend. Couple of threes. Get some good teams in the in the grade eight and go from there. Parley kid, uh, where could people see you on uh, Twitter? Yeah. Well, Sal, you know one thing I like to quickly mention as well. You guys can solely focus on this NCAA basketball tournament right now. Brian and I have this NCAA wrestling tournament coming up yeah. that we also have to focus on, right? So we've been spending a lot of time reading through these brackets. Uh, it's going to be an unbelievable tournament this year. How good are the Buckeyes? Um, Titus, you know, Titus, Ohio State wrestling, you know, you should be jumping on that, going to support them a little bit. They're better than the basketball team. Oh, yeah, they're great. Much. we got a great program, yeah. You know, t- that coach is a Long Island guy, so uh, and uh, I know you're a big fan of Kyle Snyder's from last year. So, oh yeah. So if I were to give out a real quick pick, Brian is is, is Gable Stevenson is he still a plus one ten 
No, to, uh, he went to. He, it's funny. He went uh, plus one sixty to plus one ten to like minus one sixty five. Now he well, might. I got him at. I got yeah, him at plus one sixty. So <laughs> good news for me there. Uh, Brian and I, I'm sure we'll put some stuff out on Twitter. I'm at the at the Chalk Talker regarding like who we think is going to win. So uh, this what a great great uh, four days coming up here for uh, for all of us. By the way, and I, I was on Colin Coward today. I was on the herd, and I, I, I told him I do bet wrestling, college wrestling. He was uh, he couldn't believe it. He was shocked. He's like, you have to. <laughs> I said it during the break. He's like, you have to bring it up. So, right, you guys have to find. No, me I watched. He was blo- he was he was absolutely blown away. He he was actually he was his face was <laughs> yeah. He was actually without saying it. He looked like he was appalled that you bet wrestling. Yeah, I, I think he was appalled. Might have been the word. Yeah, and Parlay Kid, big yeah. birthday coming up too, right this weekend. Yeah, it's right. Friday, Sal. It's always around tourney time. So uh, there you go. Oh, we're forty-nine. So I'm one year, one year, uh, one year away from fifty, Sal. If so you can close believe it. to the big Holy. one. All right, let's let's get some winning. Uh, yeah, not only that, and my my, yeah. I, and don't remember remember, Sal. I'm doing this weight loss thing. I dropped nice. three pounds in one day. So today start yesterday started. I'm down three pounds already. There you uh, go. I can't. I'm only about I'm only about forty pounds lighter than Zion Williamson at, at these two eighty-five. <laughs> so that's crazy. All right, yeah. Brother Bry, lots of wrestling, lots of basketball going on. Where can people find you? Yeah, I'm at the Brother Bry. So it's either going to be a bad weekend for me or a really bad weekend for me. I feel like I get <laughs> I get killed. I get killed this first weekend of the tournament. I feel like I think I've had a good run in wrestling until last year. I think the oh. wrestling is going to be a little bit better. Uh, uh, hopefully, hopefully the uh, tournament uh, I do well in. <laughs> Two years ago, I had a good tournament, and that's probably the last time in like the last four or five years. So, uh, just, if I have a bad favorite, weekend, so. it'll probably be a good weekend for me. All right, and Harry, you are gonna have you're gonna have an interesting week, no matter what. I'll tell you what, you're trying to set this record for most casinos gambled at in a 24 hour stretch. The record 74. Tate, a couple weeks ago, or maybe last week, you set it at 69. 69 and a half, yes, right out there. I think. I think I think he's going to end up with sixty six, Harry. I'm oh. sorry, I'm not I'm not Ooh. rooting against you. It just well, seems overwhelming. What, what you, These guys uh, are PhDs know, and professors have figured so, it out. So you make how, me... how much walking is it for you? Well, according to the guys, like I said, who did it? They're claiming that when they broke the record, uh, their own record, and made it seventy four, they were they walked thirty six miles. Mm. <laughs> So, Harry, <laughs> I mean, this is like your Forrest Gump really moment. Trying to, I'm really trying to figure out ways, and Ken's helping. Like I said, Ken's helping, and, and we're trying to figure out ways to slim that down. But uh, bird boy, scooters. I, I gotta say that I, on the money, if there's a money line right now, I gotta say I'm about four plus four fifty. Wow. Uh, but regardless, wow. look, you know what? I'm at a o Harry. Let's just have let's roll with it. Have fun. I'm gonna give it all I got. You know, if uh, anyone's out there, like, uh, come see you, me and you, Sal, in Vegas, the MGM. Let's, let's roll with it and have fun. Maybe if I'm there in the sports book on Friday and if I'm passed out in the corner because I <laughs> stayed up all night trying to do this, well, you know what? Harry is coming on locking in at 2 p.m. on Thursday <laughs> in Vegas time, and he will return 2 p.m. on Friday. Uh, win or lose, he's going to be back there. And, uh, well, we wish you luck, Harry. Uh, well, maybe, uh, I could Good luck, die. Harry. So, I could die. Yeah, the first guy to die on the air on FS1. <laughs> Harry, maybe you update people uh, on at AO Harry on uh, on Twitter the whole way, right? Yeah, we'll change it to RIP yeah, sure. Harry when you go. Are you going to eat? I'm glad you decide not to sleep because then it's like five casinos an hour. But are you going to eat? 
I don't. You know what? I haven't even thought of what I'm doing. I, I just gotta. I just gotta get going, get rolling, and I'll figure it out as I go. I, I thought it was go just along. shakes. You're not doing just shakes, Eric. Uh, you know what? You, I have you just no have idea to stay away. Maybe when I get you have to when stay I get away. To, well, maybe when I get to where Sal's uh, grandfather loved going uh, uh, in um, downtown Vegas, maybe there's, there's little right. stuff always all over the place there. Maybe I'll eat down there for him. We gave we gave Harry a bunch of money and uh, a three XL T shirt that says "Lock it in" and we're ready to go. I just I, yep. you don't let us down, Harry. Come back and win it. All right, it. Tate and Titus, one shining podcast. My God, how many more do you have? It's, it's, it's so many, right? <laughs> we only have four more this week before the game start. Uh, we're gonna chuck. It. <laughs> no, I, I, we don't even know. We just we just instinctively <laughs> walk into the ringer offices and just walk straight to the microphones and turn them on and start talking. Uh, I think we're contractually obligated to not talk to each other unless we're on a microphone. Mm-hmm. So, uh, oh, interesting. yeah, yeah. We have no conversations unless they're on mic. So you have to save everything. Yeah. Or, or you waste it. Yeah. You know, exactly. off air. So, luckily, we have a backup recorder. So, most of our podcasts are that. We just sit yeah. close enough to mics. <laughs> the judge decreed it. So, yeah. it shall be. All right. Well, good job, guys. Thanks so much, uh, Jim Cunningham, for uh, working the board. And that'll do it for another episode of Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. Watch Locking In Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We're in Las Vegas, 4 30 to 5 30 Eastern on FS1. Jimmy Kimmel Live, uh, 11 35 tonight. And every weeknight on ABC, that's that for the Degenerate Trifecta, Master Tate Frazier and Mark Titus. I'm Sal. Sing so long and happy handicapping. Hotel Tonight makes it easy to book awesome hotels at amazing rates. They're like a matchmaker between top-rated hotels with unsold rooms and people who want to book those rooms. And Hotel Tonight isn't just for last-minute bookings. You could book for tonight, tomorrow, and beyond. It's perfect for planners, procrastinators, and everyone in between. Find sweet deals at cool hotels you'll actually want to stay at by going to hoteltonight.com or downloading the app right now.